I'm on my right page. I'm properly hydrated. Perfect. I got a, I got a brew dog. Got a brew. I'm I'm straight brew dogging. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not good. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs center. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hello. Here we are. Back in your... In your ears. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Um, hey. Welcome to... How are you? I'm good. How are you? I forgot how to talk to another person for a second. Apparently. Um, what's going on? Not much. Okay. What's going on with you? Nothing. I love that. Nothing to report. Great. <laughs> Do we have any topics at the top? Yeah. Got a couple. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, the current count of DVDs that we have that we have is 1,292. 1,292. Get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, topics at the top. So let's start with this. Our, we, I, we finished watching Lord of the Rings. Yes. The eight-year-old. Yes. She loved it. She loved all the violence. She was very into the violence. She kept looking at me while we're watching it, going, like, I can't believe you're letting me watch this. Frollo and Sam Gim. Yeah, she called them Frollo. Logo. Logo and Logo Sam Logo and Sam Gim. That's what Those. it is. And then, um, so when Lord of the Rings was over, she wanted a new series to start. Mm-hmm. And she begged to start the MCU movies, the Marvel yeah. movies. The Avengers, <laughs> Avengers movies, she calls them. Yes. Um, and... You and I had a long discussion <laughs> about what movie you start with. I came out on the side of you watch in release order. And I came out on the correct side, which is you watch it in chronological order, order of the plot, which means that you start with Captain America. So what? You do Captain America, then Captain Marvel? Yeah. Well, hold on. I have my list. Because like I'm the- not the only person who thought this. Right. And I did a quick Google and uh, found out exactly what it was. It feels goofy to me because the story, it's a story told over many movies. So you watch them in the order in which the story was told. So yeah, it's Captain America and then Captain Marvel. Okay. And then what's next? Iron Man. Okay. So then you're kind of like in the release order essentially, except for a couple of uh, switcheroos around, like, Infinity War and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm fine with it. We started with Captain <laughs> America. Captain America is probably objectively a better movie for an eight-year-old to start with. Right. It's it, That's the other thing. It's a great... It feels like a good introduction to the MCU. Yeah. But it does feel kooky to me. <laughs> it's not kooky. It's correct. Well, it's not correct. It's just yes, one way it to is. do it. No, it's correct. No, it's not. <laughs> um... Weigh in, uh, add us on DVD Deathmatch on Twitter. Uh, get you know, get are you team? We'll put a poll up on our Instagram. How about are you, that? Are you team Mike or are you team incorrect? Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Um, great. Um, another thing we need to talk about. We got some new rules, you guys. You guys came through. We do have new rules. 
So if you're a new listener, again, <laughs> welcome to the show. I'll keep this brief. We have we have to get rid of one of our DVDs at the end of the episode. The Steve rule, which started it all, shout out to Steve, is <laughs> if you want to get rid of both, you uh, pick a random number. If you want to keep both. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm trying to get through it so fast because it's so boring. If you want to keep both. You pick a random number, and that we have to get rid of that number from the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. that that DVD. Mm-hmm. Last week, we introduced the Michelle rules, I think. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was get rid of a DVD that you've previously saved, or alternately, you can get rid of two DVDs and bank a save. Now, this is, again, all this only applies if we want to keep both at the end of the episode. Yeah. So, we put out the call for more rules. Mm-hmm. We have... Uh, the Georgia rule from Greg Iwinski. What's up, Greg? Hey, Greg. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> has a great, he has a great Star Wars podcast that I'm going to plug. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Yub Nub. Check it out. <laughs> um, very funny, Greg Iwinski. Anyway, from Greg, we have the Georgia rule. Every time you can't decide on which DVD to get rid of, you have to buy another copy of the 2007 Lohan Fonda film, Georgia rule. (laughs) Which I have seen. I have not seen and we don't own. Killer movie. (laughs) But but we might own it soon if we implement the Georgia rule. The Adam rule is first person to fart loud enough for the mics to pick it up gets to choose. We're not doing the Adam rule. Adam. We love you, Adam. I'm not farting on on camera. On camera. I'm not farting on camera either. (laughs) Um, The Laura rule. Shout out to Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey. If you want to keep both, you have to get rid of a DVD that you that is still wrapped in the collection yeah. that you've not unwrapped. So, like a new one we've just purchased. There are also some old ones that that haven't been unwrapped. That was like, oh, <laughs> let's pick this up and then never watched. Yeah, Ugh, what, I love it. What what consumption it is. <laughs> I Ugh. mean, so we so that's all the rules, right? Those are the rules. Yeah. So so we've added the rules to a rule spreadsheet. Yes. Yeah. So which means that. Um, when we can't decide which one to get rid of, we will randomly pick a rule and implement that rule. Yes? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if randomly pick a rule, but we would just I, go through the rules and look. No, you want to I think look? random. I think that's way more fun. Okay. There's also, mm-hmm. shout out to uh, Joe Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent in an amazing point system to implement at the end to help us decide. So yeah, stay tuned for that. We will implement that and explain... Uh, his rules at the end and it'll be amazing yeah we're definitely gonna try it out i love it yeah 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 um great but for now but for now let's get into it shall we let's get into it guys we watched two movies i'm proud of us i am too the movies we watched look at us look at us we're crushing it this week we watched the ice storm from 1997 and harry potter and the goblet of fire from 2005 that's right our first harry potter movie yes uh, let's start with The Ice Storm. Hey, why not? Go for it. The Ice Storm from 1997, directed by Ang Lee. IMDb summary. In suburban New Canaan, Connecticut, 1973, middle-class families experimenting with casual sex and substance abuse find their lives beyond their control. You know what's really funny about that summary for me? Yeah. Because usually, the, the whole reason we read these IMDb summaries is because they are... Often hilarious and inaccurate. Yeah. Um, that summary actually clarified a lot of things for me. Because, <laughs> um, and I, right off the bat, I'm going to say it. 
I love this movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. This is not the first time I've watched it. No. Um, first and, time in a while for me. But yeah, yeah, first time in a little while. But um, and it's not like I thought, oh, I don't get it. It doesn't. It wasn't that I felt like there was something I wasn't getting. Yeah. But I would not know how to succinctly tell someone what this film was about, and that's it. That's exactly it. Yes, totally. Um, and I think I think you put your finger on it immediately at the very <laughs> beginning of this is that it's it's oblique and it's weird mm-hmm. and it's not none of it's clean yeah but it's not like you don't get it it's right. all about the feeling and the mood and the and the the um kind of psychological landscape of these characters in mm-hmm. a weird way um it you know we can get more into it but the thing that i was wa- watching it this time um was just like oh this is like like Mad Men doesn't exist without the ice storm to me. Like it's yeah, it's the it's the home life stuff of Mad Men mm-hmm. as a movie. It's just that exact kind of feeling. Yeah, of like suburban despair and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah, I no. got us I got us off already. No, we're that's it. That we're in it. That's we're what the it. podcast is. That's what, that's it, what is, it is. Man. We're talking about the movie. Um. Uh. Yeah. It, it, well, go ahead. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is the patriarch. Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Sheridan are one couple. Mm-hmm. Jamie Sheridan plays uh, Randall Flagg in the Stand miniseries <laughs> from 1994, which I love. Sure, sure. But anyway, they're this one couple. They have um, several. No, they ha- they have two, two sons. sons. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it is complicated. But I had to make a family tree here. There's the oh ca- wow. There's the Carvers who are. Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Sheridan, they have a son, Elijah Wood, and another son who is, um, Jamie, is that his name? Janie. No, wait, sorry. Fuck, fuck, I'm fucking this up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I should have. Janie is, Kevin Klein is. Oh, you know what it is? I wrote down the word Jumanji. Because that kid is from from Jumanji. Jumanji, And I don't, I couldn't remember his name. That's, I was like, Janie? No, they have. Elijah Wood and Jumanji are their sons. <laughs> yeah. And then the Hoods are Kevin Klein and Joan Allen. And Christina Ricci is their daughter. And Toby Maguire is their son. Yes. Now, Toby Maguire and Elijah Wood in the same movie, I'm already confused. Already confused. <laughs> Plus, you add Jumanji to the mix, the little boy from Jumanji. They all are the same guy in Plus, a weird way. Plus, you've got uh, Daniel Radcliffe in our other movie this week. Right, Which, that's exactly. the same thing. That's exactly. the same thing. <laughs> exactly. It's all too much. It's all too much. So, anyway. So, these are the two families in suburban New Canaan, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Klein is sleeping with Sigourney Weaver. Um... And it is causing havoc. And then also the kids are doing their own sexual experimentation. Yeah. And it's autumn. It's a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Which we, you know, we've done before. The Family Stone. True. Um, and, um, yeah. That's what I got. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just summarizing it. Like, it's all about suburban despair. And then Christina Ricci is like has very Margaret vibes from Margaret from two weeks ago. Yeah, that yeah. not a girl, not yet a woman. I'm using figuring shit my, out. my, yeah, I'm using my power of figuring shit out, exactly, mm-hmm. in sometimes destructive ways, that kind of thing. Yeah, and figuring out um, 
playing with how much power she does have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, right off the bat, the performances in this film are mm-hmm. incredible by yeah. everyone. Yeah. Every single person. Yep. Like I started to write down like, wow, Elijah Wood is so good in this. And it's like, no, they're all amazing. Right. Um, it's always lovely to see Kevin Klein. It he is. is like, he, he's such a funny actor to me though, because he feels so theatrical. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Like it's just there's something about the quality of his voice and the way that he speaks that is theatrical. He is projecting to the back row at all times. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's not the same thing as like uh a, a someone a stage performer doing their first film and and feeling really green and not really knowing what the difference is. Yeah, Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Totally. <laughs> it's not totally. wrong, but you can see how he's like Totally. A stage performer. Yes, totally. And that actually works. I, I I love that about him, and I love that works so well for this character to mm-hmm. me, too, because the character is so much about, like, putting up a fate, like, artifice and putting up, a like, a performance of suburban uh, idealism. Or right. Whatever, I go know? into the city for my job, and then I come home, and then, yeah, and right. I have the boy and the girl, like, 2.5 kids, mm-hmm. you know? And even um, the scene, sorry, even the scene where he's sleeping with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and I always, like, this scene is so, I just remember so much from this movie. Like, I saw it probably when I was too young. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, what would it come out? 97. So, yeah. Probably a little too young. A little too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was definitely like, oh, this is a grown-up movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, these yeah, are, yeah. These are sad people. <laughs> um, but that scene where he, he and Sigourney Weaver were sleeping together, and then they're lying in bed afterwards, and he's, like, talking about the office, and she's like, can you? I, I have a I have a husband. Already. I don't need, I'm not indulging this, yeah, this, whatever this is. I'm not here for this. And he's like, oh, right, yes. <laughs> that is a good point. Like, yeah. And it's so funny, and it is so much all about him just like, I am projecting like the the I am in command here and I have my shit together and yeah. like, can you believe this guy's golf game at the office <laughs> and stuff like that it's so good yeah and Joan Allen is incredible as she, she has this because okay her her look to me and her physicality in general is so interesting to me and mm-hmm. everything that I've seen her in because she has this very like. Um, Oh, this is going to sound so like stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> she has a very fragile look. She's a thin white blonde lady, right? That sounds incredibly stupid. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Um, so she's a very like fragile look to her. And then there's but then there's this weird like strength from her as well, but yeah. not a sassy strength. Does that make any sense to you? Yes. Not like I am woman, hear me roar strength, right. but just kind of like I am I am comfortable and I don't like the scene where it's that guy who she's looking at the books on the table and that yes. guy who yeah, is is he pastor, a preacher? Yeah. yeah something. Um Long and he's guy. clearly like hitting on her. Yep. And she's just kind of like, okay. Right. But in this very, like, soft, fragile way. And that's how she is this whole film, and it just she is perfect for that role. I cannot picture anyone else playing that role as well as she did. Yeah. She has this whole moment where she um, goes into a store and shoplifts because because she knows that her husband is cheating on her and she's kind of losing her mind. Right. She's lashing out. She wants to feel something. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just so perfect. And I, I I can't quite put my finger on it, but she's incredible. Yeah. And it's just very cool. 
I think I think you're you're totally right about her. I think that she has like that core strength, but is also very brittle and in a weird like she's fragile, like like you were saying, but not in a uh, not in a like hysterical woman or yeah stereotypical yeah stereotypical kind of of way, hmm. but just in a very human way. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So, and the other reason it feels like like Mad Men to me Mm -hmm. is that. There's like subplots. Yeah. Toby Maguire's in the city trying to get it on with Katie Holmes the whole oh time. Oh my god, and, you guys. And, so this is her film debut. Yeah. Um, and she's not good. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, she just there's some and maybe this is not her fault. Right, right. But you know, in comparison to what I was just saying about Joan Allen right. being like, I cannot see any other person playing that role. Right. She Katie Holmes does not have the bad girl doing drugs. My parents left me in the apartment in the city. I'm rich in the 70s vibe. Like, there's this scene where they're... So, Tobey Maguire's character is trying to hook up with Katie Holmes' character and his roommate, who is... David Crumbles. Bernard. (laughs) Like, the elf from the Santa Claus. Oh, that's funny. What's his name? David Crumbles? Yeah. Um who's supposed to be kind of like a player and like there's a whole scene where it's like, oh, he sleeps with every girl that Tobey Maguire is in love with, whatever. And he's there and they're drinking and maybe doing lines of coke. I don't know. But Tobey Maguire's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to like trick him into taking this Valium so he'll go to sleep and then I'll have my time with the lady. Right. So he gives him this Valium and she walks into the room, his plan is foiled because she walks into the room and sees... And her line is, what, no candy for me? Right. And it's just, like, it's it's so bad. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. like, do- it just doesn't, she doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't. In a very, like, real way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just because she's Joey Potter. Right, It's just, right, like, right, right. she just doesn't, she doesn't look or seem comfortable. Right, yeah. Playing totally. this, like, bad girl, hot girl chick. Yeah, it's not quite. Her vibe. I guess to be fair, she's like seventeen. Yeah, I mean Christina Ricci's what like thirteen or fourteen in this, and it's one of the best performances of all time. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christina Ricci's great. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, Tobey Maguire, like I was saying, there's these subplots, like Mad Menish style. Like, what, what? How are these things related? And it's like, oh, they're related in kind of a novelistic all these things kind of paint a picture kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, you know, a thing that I, that like uh, a moment from this movie that plays on a replay in my head sometimes mm-hmm. is him. Rec- he's trying to hit on Katie Holmes at school. It's like the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, and he's recommending Dostoevsky's the idiot to her. <laughs> and he's just standing on the stairs going the idiot. Like as she walks away and it is so funny. It's so great. And, I mean, I was thinking that as uh, as I was watching it, I was like, this movie's a lot funnier than I remember. And then, yeah. obviously, like, it gets real sad. It like, does. It gets real, like, it's all about their despair. This The thing that most people probably remember from this movie is key parties. Because that yes. I had never heard of a key party before. Me this. either. Now, I was 14, so. Right. <laughs> so that's probably why. Yeah, but I had never heard of a key party before. And this is still, like, one of the only places I've ever actually 
seen it represented right. I've only on seen screen. it. Yeah, I've only seen it represented. In, in case you don't know what a key party is, it's uh, a party. Everyone shows up. The men mm, all put their keys into a bowl. And then at the end of the night, the women randomly pick out a set of keys and go home with that man. Right, right. It gets real sad at the end. It is, does. Is it gets really sad. Um, it's it's also interesting uh, that it's set in the 70s because I feel like so much of the portrayal of the 70s is just like bright colors, hippy-dippy, everything was great. Yeah, Boogie Nights. The yeah. first half of Boogie Nights. The first half of Boogie Nights, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this is very interesting to see like suburbia in the yeah. 70s sad 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 times <laughs> right usually this is like the the 50s are this you know yeah. what i mean like um yeah the, the oppressed housewife and, right yeah but it was but hey tales all this time <laughs> um i wrote down that this is the better american beauty oh <laughs> if you you know if you had to choose this is the one oh i this haven't is seen american beauty in forever yeah and i don't think i ever will probably watch it again we own it, though, don't we? I think we might. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, you know what's interesting, right, is that right now we are as exactly as far from the release of the ice storm as mm-hmm. the ice storm was from 1973 when it was made. Now, I used the word interesting. You did. You really did. And I'm, I'm questioning that now. I mean, I think it's good to question yourself. Great. Okay. Moving on quickly. <laughs> The idiot. Okay, the idiot. <laughs> the idiot. I wrote down, they're all a mess. <laughs> they truly are. Um, oh, I just just the scene, there's a scene where Kevin Klein catches his daughter, Christina Ricci, in the basement <laughs> with Elijah Wood. Yeah. And just his, like, it is so, the movie's so funny. He it goes, is. Like, he's like, like, he's like, I think I know what you were doing. Like he's trying to get into your slacks. And then he's like, and then she says something and he's like, I've had enough of your smart remarks, young lady. And I was like, Oh geez. It's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's super sad and really funny. Very like realistic, which seems like a dumb thing to say, but it just feels, um, the stakes are really high, but it doesn't feel like the stakes are high until yeah. you're really in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a novel. I mean, and, and, yeah. and I don't, that's such a cliche thing to say, but I think it's, it has such a novelistic feel to it of, of mood and of interior yeah. life of these people, even though there's not a lot of voiceover in it. And, and yeah, like it feels the word that came to mind was it feels meticulous. The yeah. entire film. Yes. Which is great in the, right. in the best way. Yeah. But not, not, I would say not. So a lot of things that feel meticulous, like when I, when you say meticulous, it calls to mind like Kubrick or something. Sure. And something cold, but this feels very like real and alive and yeah. meticulous in that way. But I, just I, like, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. Well, just a uh, uh, very like, on purpose, the yes, whole thing. Totally, totally. Intent, um, yeah, the intent, to, the, the intent is there with everything. Yes, in a way that you feel. It's like Ang Lee knows what he's doing. It's as if. It's as if he knows what he's doing. Um, Allison Janney's in there. Allison Janney. She's great. Loving Allison. Hosts Jenny. the key party. <laughs> I wrote down these are the least cool people on the planet during the key party scene. It's so. It's the least sexy thing you've ever seen in your it life. That really key party is. And it's not, it's like, it's just everyone's like smug and 
Yeah, gross. and there's like a weird like fat joke thing that happens, yeah. which is so annoying. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, these are like the nerdiest, dumbest people. Right, but they're all, they're all fucking suburban parents. It's like, yeah, if we threw a key party, that's oh, what it would be. God. <laughs> Who would you invite to our key party? No, we're not doing this. <laughs> no way. Not, not on the podcast. Um, we're not having a key party. No, we're probably not having a key party. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not having any parties right Listen, now. Listen, who knows when this pandemic is over, all right? <laughs> yeah. There is like so much of that happening right now where it's like, when this pandemic's over, I'm going to be, like, slutting out on, <laughs> on Horny Street or whatever. And, and, like, and with, I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And then I'm going to be, like, at home watching Shazam. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Um, slutting out on Horny Street. Slutting out on Horny Street. <laughs> That's my novel. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, is it available? It is available to rent or buy. On several places? or Several places. I love that. Most of the places. I love that. Um, great movie. Great. Oh, we didn't talk about like what happens when you pop it in. There's a trailer for a bunch of Fox movies, and then there's no real special features. There's one like tiny promo featurette. Yeah. And then there's like a bunch of uh, trailers for movies. Movies that were on DVD, so not even like new movies coming yeah. out. It was like previews for movies I'd never heard of. You've never heard of Smilla's Sense of Snow? I have not heard of Smilla's Sense of well, Snow. Well, you have now. Okay, <laughs> check it out. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that, Smilla. Great. <laughs> well, The Ice Storm, great movie. Great movie. Thumbs up. Recommend it. Highly recommend. We didn't uh, get super spoilery, so if you no. haven't seen it, you, I definitely recommend, recommend, recommend. Yeah. Go watch it. I feel like we should make a list somewhere of like what we've watched so far and like definitely should watch... Watch if you're super bored and skip it. That's a good idea. Don't you think? Yeah. Like on Instagram or Twitter or something. Yeah. Or Letterboxd. Hey, follow me on Letterboxd. Michael Palasic. Letterboxd. Check it out. Check out Letterboxd, guys. <laughs> I want to be a Letterboxd. This episode is sponsored by Letterboxd. It's not. But it's get not. at me. It's not. Get at me, Letterboxd. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> Thirsty for that Letterboxd content. All right, stop. I'm going to stop saying Letterboxd. <laughs> Slotting out on Letterboxd Street. <laughs> okay. What's the connection? All right. So Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, nowhere. She's great in the ice storm. Wonderful. I don't think we talked about how great she was. She was great. And it's a different role for her. Mm-hmm. Ellen Ripley, this is not. <laughs> is that a good character? Is that a way I should talk on the podcast? Yes. Um, anyway, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Gleeson, who stars as Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Sure does. Were together in M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Huh. I don't remember that film at all. I definitely saw it, but I don't remember it. We saw it in the theater. I remember it because I never guessed the twist ever Uh of a movie. Uh Uh-huh. And I I saw the trailer. The trailer got... 30 seconds in, and I was like, oh. It's this. It, I know what this is. Uh. And so I was proud of myself, but also annoyed that I, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That thing where you're like, oh, I, I do. Wish, 
I wish I didn't uh, live in a world where I was just constantly guessing the twist and yeah. all that. Yeah, I do. You do know what As it's like. As someone who constantly guesses the twist you have without big twist meaning brain. to. Yeah. I do. Big twist brain. Lies um, a twist, lies a nasty. Like Jack Twist, Jack Nancy. I get it. Brockback Mountain, Ang Lee. <laughs> that. You're just saying words now. <laughs> I, I'm tired. <laughs> um, okay, movie number two. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, 2005, directed by Mike Newell. Our IMDb summary is, Harry Potter finds himself competing in a hazardous tournament between rival schools of magic, but he is distracted by recurring nightmares. Uh, I mean, technically. Sure, that, those are things that happen in this film. Yeah. I don't know that that's the best way to summarize Goblet of Fire. Yeah. I mean, the hazardous tournament... Between rival schools of magic is kind of the it's, central thing. Yeah. But like, it's not, he's, it's not, but he keeps having these nightmares. <laughs> he's so sleepy during the day. He truly is. Um, so, fun fact with Liza uh, Goblet of Fire is my favorite Harry Potter book. Yeah. But it is maybe my least favorite Harry Potter movie. Least favorite maybe, movie? Well, sec, I think second least favorite because my first least favorite. My least favorite. Yeah. That's how you would say first that. Least. First least favorite is uh, the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first one. Well, here's the thing. The first one gets bumped up slightly because it's the first one. It's the yeah. first time we get to see them. So it has like Some that, magic, that magic to it. It's not great, but it's it's lovely yeah. in that sense. Those first, So the first two have that weird like ABC family quality to them. Yeah. Uh, sorry, freeform, freeform, freeform. How dare you? <laughs> um, quality to them. Mm-hmm. The third one is great, Alfonso Cuarón. Yes, it's still like got a lot of the same problems that all these movies have, where it's like, I'm gonna say it. The CGI in these movies is often <laughs> terrible, like god awful. Yeah, it gets better in this one. There's parts that are really great. I think the dragon in the yeah. looks incredible. Yeah. Um, but then there's lots of stuff that looks like garbage. Really bad, yeah. Um, so the third one is Alfonso Cuarón. It's great. It mm-hmm. has such a fun voice, and he does so much work to like make Hogwarts feel like a real place. Yeah. This one is directed by Mike Newell, who is did Four Weddings and a Funeral, and did um, Mona Lisa Smile. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Did one of my favorite movies, which is Donnie Brasco. Have you ever seen Donnie Brasco? I don't think so. Oh, it'll come up. It's great. Okay. I haven't watched it in a while, but it's great. <laughs> um, and so he's he's a really good director. and But the movie, yeah, I agree. It's kind of blah. Yeah. And then after this one, David Yates took over mm-hmm. for the next four movies. Because it's Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows 1 and 2. Yeah. And I think David Yates did the F- Fantastic Beasts movies also. Oh. Like, I think they were like... We're, we're sticking with Yates. We're Yates Hive now. <laughs> Um, yeah, they asked Quaron to do Goblet of Fire, and he said no because he was still going to be in post production on Azkaban. Oh, so he was like, "I don't want to do two at a time." Yeah, that's great. And yeah, did he? Is this? I wonder if this is. I guess he did Children of Men after Goblet after Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, I wish he would have done Goblet of Fire because here's the thing: it's my it's my favorite Harry Potter book because. 
so okay, just give yeah, everyone why? well, just to give everyone an idea of like where I am as far as Harry Potter goes. I uh, came to them a little bit later, where by the end of the series, I was waiting for books to come out. But I think I the first four came out. And I think I was in college, yeah, we and that's were, why. We were a little bit older. We were freshman year of college when Harry Potter fever hit. Yeah. So so, um, so the first four had come out, and I, and I was like, everyone's talking about this Potter kid. I guess I'll read it. Um, and I kind of struggled my way through the first three. The fourth one was the first one that I was reading – and I looked up and it was morning. Yeah. You know? So it was the first one that had me like really in it. Right. Um, and uh, I love the, the, I love the plot of this one. I think it's like, it's this, you know, and they talk about this a lot in, in the featurettes and like all the press surrounding this film was like, oh, they're not kids anymore. They're yeah. having teenage feelings and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's why I liked it, because there there is this flip at the end of this book where it's no longer fun and games. And like the previous books, yeah, there was like dangerous stuff that was happening. Yeah. But this is the one where, spoiler alert, at the end of it, Voldemort is back. Yeah. And it's the, it gets serious. Things get serious. Right. He kills somebody. Yeah. And, and yeah. So so this is the first one where it was like, oh shit, things are about to get real. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why it's my favorite book. Yeah. Um because it is kind of what made me fall in love with the series. Right. You sure. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then this movie, like I wish Coron had done it because Prisoner of Azkaban, which is maybe my least favorite book mm-hmm. but one of my top movies yeah because he took it kind of in this dark direction yeah it has a flavor to it yeah and i wish that he that that could have been applied to goblet of fire instead yeah. um but but yeah you know it's it's harry potter you guys you know yeah. him yeah so he's so the very quick plot as we said is yeah. that he he's back at hogwarts i'm glad we don't start with the Dursleys at all this time. Yeah. Well, and this is also the first book that doesn't start with the Dursleys. Right. You start so, with Voldemort. Right. Exactly. It starts, it, he, you don't have this whole preamble where he's with these, this awful family. Yeah. He just, it starts, he, they go to the Quidditch world cup with the Weasleys, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, we, I just read this with our eight year old. Mm-hmm. It goes on for fucking ever. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And I don't know if it's cause See, to me, I feel a real disconnect from Goblet of Fire, both book and movie. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel a disconnect from Harry Potter in general because, A, I don't care that much about it, and B, like, now especially, it's like... Yeah, J.K. Can... Rowling fucking sucks. It's a shame. Right, but, <laughs> but I think it does impact how you watch these, how I watch these things. I'm like, oh, like, I'm just less invested now. Yeah, you know very I mean? briefly, very, very briefly, because we're, we're not going to get into it because this is not the podcast for it, but the thing I will say about J.K. Rowling sucking big dick is that again it's that it's that thing where someone comes out they're problematic do you still listen to that music do you still watch that show do you still watch that movie whatever do you still enjoy the content that they created um and that's a choice that everyone has to make and Mm -hmm. it's fine if you're done with harry potter right but what i will say is that this the series not necessarily for for me but the series brought so much joy and did so many things and the ways that it was interpreted at the time are not in line with how she thinks. Yeah. And to say that someone has to get rid of that and pretend like it didn't 
help them at some point sure. is, I think, terrible. And uh, as with most things, if you still enjoy Harry Potter, I think that that's okay. Yeah. And you can live in this duality of, I enjoy Harry Potter and I think J.K. Rowling is a monster. 100%. I, just, I No, no, I'm not saying you were not saying that. I'm just... Totally. And I don't think anybody should tell people... Like, I love... I'll always love Rosemary's Baby. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, came from a monster. Yes. Um, yes. And we all have those things. Mm-hmm. And and we all have we also all have those things where it's like, oh yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch that again because it just bums me out to watch it. Yeah. Uh, now I think about how that person sucks or whatever. Yeah. And that's fine too. And yeah. it's not part of some anyway. Blah blah blah. Moving on. <laughs> um, I can tell you don't. <laughs> we, we shouldn't go. We shouldn't keep talking about this. It's like why? I just, I, you're like you're like. Well, well no, I just don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to make it totally, a big totally, deal. Deal. Right. I just wanted to say it. I wanted to recognize that. J.K. Rowling is a fucking monster, but I also still enjoy Harry Potter, and I think that that's okay. It is 100% okay, and you said it beautifully and eloquently, and I love you. Oh, thank you. Oh, so I feel a disconnect from this book, and especially now, but I feel feel this disconnect because, like, it feels so rooted in, like, football culture, like, British football culture, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, of, like... The World Cup, essentially, and yeah. then and then there's the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, which is just it. Just I get that it's trying to open up the world, but I just didn't care. And the rules we talked about this while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 stakes of this tournament are feel so low because or confused because yeah. like like. So they have a thing where they they go underwater. Like there's three challenges that Harry has to do mm-hmm. with three other people from different schools. Well, Cedric Diggory's from the same school, blah, blah, blah. So complicated. <laughs> so sorry. We're going to keep this brief, I swear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these challenges involve these life or death situations, which they all get out of okay. And it's very unclear if, like, they would actually be in any real danger in any of these situations. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and are they I really think... going to kill these people, these kids, in this Triwizard Tournament? Right. And I think that in the book... It feels like, yes, they would die. Um, and in the movie, it feels like, well, we're not going to say it. We can't say it. Right, right, right. Um, this was also the first of the films that was rated PG-13 instead Ooh. of PG. Um, so, you know, they're p- trying to play that line. It's it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, but there's some really dark shit that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, so... You're absolutely right that it's rooted in this like uh, sports sportsing culture, which is right. not necessarily our bag. You know what is my bag though? Competition. Sure. <laughs> so that's I feel like why it why it works for me. Sure, sure. Um, and I remember. So this is one of the movies where you have the most, and I am not one of these people, but where you have the most people shaking their fists in the air about, you cut this out and you left oh, this yeah. out and blah, blah, blah. And the fact of the matter is, is that this book is long as hell. Right. And I personally think it should have been two movies and they should have included it because I enjoy so much of the plot that they cut out. Does this movie work on its own? Yes, but there are spots where it like, where it doesn't quite make sense. And right. there, there are things that are missing. And if you have read the books or if you're a really keen observer of the films and haven't read the books, you'll spot them and you'll be like, wait a minute. Um, But I do think it works the way that it was 
cut and you know the store the plot the way the plot was cut it works but yeah. it, it's it's a bummer for me only because I there's so much of the plot from this book that I love that I really would have loved to have seen yeah um I'm glad they skipped through a lot of the Quidditch World Cup because it's boring and also Quidditch Never looks good in any of these movies. Yeah, they haven't. They didn't figure it out. They, they haven't. It's over. <laughs> they didn't figure it out, which is they a bummer. They never did. And um, I, it's, they tried so hard, but every time they cut to anyone on a broom, you're just <laughs> like the one where Victor Crumb is like doing, shaking his fist in the air. Yeah. You're like, oh boy, I, that was a rough day on the soundstage. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Um, we didn't really, t- we haven't really talked about the cast because there's a lot of additions to the cast. Yeah. You have Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. in what is his first major role before Twilight. Yep. Um, looking great. As Cedric Diggory, who's yeah. like a big, big deal. Yeah. You love Robert Pattinson. I, I'm love a huge him. fan. I'm yeah. A huge fan. He's adorable in this. Um, Brendan Gleeson mm-hmm. is great as Mad-Eye Moody. I love him. So th- that's another thing with these films is that there are some casting choices where you, they just crushed it. Yeah. And him as Mad-Eye is brilliant. It's really good. And yeah. he's great. Um, I know this isn't his first movie as Dumbledore, but Michael Gambon as yeah. Dumbledore is like, I think he's so good in that so role. Good. He's so I just really love, like, so there's a, the, the thing I'll say about these movies mm. Is that there are times where they ca- they have a real cozy feeling to them. Mm-hmm. They capture, oh, they're on a train and it's raining, and you just that that cozy feeling. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or you know, just like in bed in this castle or whatever. And Michael Gambon's voice is part of that for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His like, I just love the quality of and sound of his voice. Yeah, agree. Um, and, you know, then you have a lot of, like, you know, Maggie, David Tennant. David Tennant. Is, Maggie Smith is great in this mm-hmm. one. She has a lot of really good moments. Yeah. They, they, you know, it's like, I feel like if you strung together all the Maggie Smith moments <laughs> from every movie, you'd have, like, a solid performance. But she never gets enough <laughs> She time. doesn't have enough to do in this yeah, one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, the, <laughs> the thing I wrote, I was like, this one is goofy. This movie, it feels like there's, so there's a whole thing um, where... I was like, this one should have been called, like, Harry Potter and his best friend Ron is a bitch, baby. Because <laughs> Ron spends this whole movie just, like, angry and jealous and annoyed about everything and every at everyone. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, there's this one, when, this one scene when, uh, when Harry's name comes out of the Goblet of Fire. Um, it's like this slow zoom on Ron and he's just got like narrow eyes. He's like, Ooh, I'm so mad. Yeah. And I was like, this movie is goofy as hell. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it really um, is. And again, after Azkaban where I feel like the performances were so much better and like Hermione is just like. I don't. I don't think it's Emma's fault necessarily, but she, she's again. She's not not great. There's a lot. It's just goofy. Yeah. It's like very yeah. broad. Yeah. Yes, very broad. Speaking of Hermione, the one thing my biggest gripe with the translation of these books to films is Hermione's transformation. Yes, we talked about this a little bit, or we 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 looked at each other. Yeah. So so <laughs> it felt Hermione like we in the so much in our eyes. So much. I mean, we're just we've been together for so long. Right, we're on. like one person. Um, in the books, Hermione's 
specifically her hair is described as big and frizzy and poofball. And I was like, yes, I identify with that. My hair was straight and then I hit puberty and it got curly and I didn't know what to do with it. And I tried to brush it and it was a nightmare. And yes, not knowing what to do with your hair. I get it. Relatable. Yes. Hashtag relatable. So her hair is supposed to be big and unruly and poofy. And she's also supposed to have buck teeth. So like Hermione is not supposed to be cute. And then you get to this book And it's this amazing Cinderella moment where she has applied some spell and smoothed out her hair. She's wearing a gorgeous dress. Victor Crumb has asked her to the Yule Ball. She comes down the stairs. The boys are all like, what? Um, and And it's she's supposed to be transformed. And it plays into this whole plot line of they're not kids anymore. And this is a turning point and blah, blah, blah. And they do, they make a huge deal out of it in this film. And it's like, yeah, that's what she's looked like this whole time. What are you talking about? It's so annoying. And all the featurettes are like, oh my God, Hermione's dress was the most important costume piece. We spent so much time in the book. It's described as blue, but we thought Emma looked better in pink. And there were five different designs for it and blah, blah. And it's like, you shouldn't have wasted your time. This moment doesn't work because you didn't do the work beforehand. It's so frustrating. They just made her a cute kid the whole time. Yes, the whole time. It's so frustrating. Maybe in the first film, her hair is a little frizzy, but they should have just kept that up. Yeah, totally. Or just... Her hair should have just been in ponytail. Like her whole her whole deal is that she doesn't care about how she looks. Quote. I couldn't hear what you said. Siri? Ma'am, I was not speaking to you. <laughs> it's not your turn yet. Damn. Um <laughs> She was like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, calm down. Cool cool, calm it. down by Hermione's hair. Cool but you get it. It's it's so and and it's it's frustrating in general and is the most apparent in this moment where it's supposed to be this big, beautiful reveal. And it's like, yep, that's what she looks like. Yeah. I, so I, I'll say that none of these movies are my favorite. Mm -hmm. I do. You know what? I really like order of the Phoenix and that's actually probably my least favorite book, but I really like that movie a lot anyway. But, um, but you know, I'm not, I don't have a huge attachment to any of this. Mm -hmm. I will say, this is the first movie where we get Ray Fiennes as Voldemort, and he's really good. He at least, is. At least he looks great. And, the, you know, we were watching some of the featurettes, and, like, no, it's not makeup. It's it's all CGI it's on digital. his face, and they did a great job with that. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not a, you know, I'll always kind of go for practical effects if they're on offer, but, like, the this, this was a really good use of digital effects. Like, yeah, definitely. He looks great, you know. And he does a thing where it's broad... Yeah. But it works. Right. It works for Voldemort. Right. You're playing Voldemort. Right. Like it's, you know, yeah. it's the embodiment of pure evil. Exactly. Like, like and he, he does an incredible job. Yeah. Um, I don't like the word, the name Death Eaters. I think that's a little unsubtle. <laughs> I always thought that with the books. And I'll say it again here. Mm. You know what's another thing? Here's another thing. And another thing. And another thing. thing. Welcome to our podcast, And Another Thing. And Another Thing. Um, the entire Mad-Eye plot line for this film doesn't make any sense. So the whole thing is that you find out at the end that Mad-Eye is not Mad-Eye. He is 
Barty Crouch Barty, Jr. Barty Crouch Jr., which is like a whole thing with, again, you've cut out some of the plot. So you're like, why do I care about this person? But, um, you know, that iconic character we all care about, Barty Crouch and right, his son. Right. Um, so, so he's been drinking Polyjuice Potion this whole time and posing as Mad Eye so that he can, which is something that I don't, did I miss it? Did they explain that he's the one who put Harry's name in the goblet of fire? They did say that. Okay. I yeah, was like, I, I, maybe I missed it. Anyway, so that he'll put the name, his name in the Goblet of Fire so that he'll, and he helps him get through all the challenges yeah. so that he gets through the maze so that he touches the cup and it's a port key and takes him to Voldemort. Right. Um, What's a port key? That's what Harry would say. Remember in the beginning? Oh of the my God. There's like, there's so much of that thing where he's, you're four movies in my guy. You're got Right. <laughs> This, you're magic. You're magic. Yeah, yeah. But also, in his defense, there's also a ton of times when they're just like, with where no one explains to him. Like, no one explains to him what a port key is. They just say, it's a port key. And then they're like, put your hand on it. And he's right. like, what? It's, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, the whole time. But it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me that he, because how does he, first of all, there's a big loophole in that Polyjuice Potion changes how you look, but it doesn't change the sound of your voice. But in oh. this, it did. Um, Interesting. So, like, what's going on there? Um, and then it just, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. How, how he would, because this guy, Barty Crouch Jr., is a Death Eater. He's, he's working for Voldemort. He's evil AF. And somehow he's portraying... This like jolly kind of crazy guy, Mad Eye. Like it just yeah. doesn't work for me. Like, like agree, that he would have gotten work. away with it for that long. I agree. It also doesn't work because then later Mad Eye shows up in the in some of the other movies. Like, yeah, in, in the end, and it, it's so funny because I remember when he shows up, I I being like. We don't know who this guy is. I've never met right. this character before. Right. The movie that I spent with him, I, he was not him. It wasn't him. Exactly. So who is this guy? Yeah. We have not done any time with the actual <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody. I have no idea what he's like. I can't believe how angry I am right now <laughs> about this thing that I just realized. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Well, two interesting fun facts. No, I said Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. No, 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 We're no. done. Really quick, two interesting fun <laughs> facts. One, it's uh, in the Guinness Book of World, World Records for being the fastest selling DVD of all time. Well, we were part of that. Hey. Um, I was and like, is it in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the most boring movie of all time? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, fun fact number two, John Williams passed on scoring this movie in favor of scoring Memoirs of a Geisha. Wow. What's the connection? connection. <laughs> um, um, okay, is it available? It is on HBO Max. Of course it is. Yeah. Not not surprising that the Harry Potter movie is available. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about these awesome uh, rules that Joe has sent in. Yes. So Joe Garden sent us a point system, which I think is great. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do it right now. Let's the, do it. The Joe Garden... Memorial point system. He's very much alive. Super alive. Super alive. One of the most alive people I know. Yeah. All right. First, we rate the movies on a scale of 1 to 20. Okay. Hang on. Let me let me get out my notebook. Oh, I don't have a pen. It's okay. I can write it down. I can share my notes. Great. Okay. So, we're rating it on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 one being to the highest? 20. 1 to 20? Yeah. 
One 20 being, being the highest. 20 being the highest. Yeah. Okay. 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 So 20 being like the best movie I've ever seen. One being like the worst movie I've ever seen. Right. Okay. Um, let's do, I'm going to, I've got columns set up. You're, yeah, this is, this is. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, so for Harry Potter, 1 to 20, I'm going to give Harry Potter a 6. Okay. I'm going to give it a 5. Okay. And the ice storm. One to twenty. One to twenty. I'm gonna give it a seventeen. Oh, I was gonna give it a fifteen. Okay, so great. We're we're pretty close. Okay. Second, next criteria. And now we add or subtract points based on these criteria. Okay. Is it Criterion Collection plus one point? Neither of these are Criterion Collection. No, so no pluses. Is it part of a series you own the others of plus two points? Yes, well, Harry so Potter plus is. Two. Okay. Is it part of a box set? Well, I mean, that's similar to... It, the. Oh, no, this is not... Harry Potter's not part of a box set. We bought it individually. Yeah, we did buy it individually. So never mind. That would be plus five points. Whoa. Lady Director, plus lady eight points. Director. Oh, yeah. Neither but of neither these, of these are Lady Director. Yeah. Is it available streaming? Minus one point for every platform it's available on. So, so minus a point from Harry Potter. From Harry Potter. Right. Has the director been canceled? No. As far as I know, Mike Newell and Ang Lee are, are unproblematic fine. gents. Yeah. What happens if, they, if they've been canceled? Though? Minus four points. Minus four points. Okay. Does it star James Woods or John Voight? Minus no. six points. Neither of these. <laughs> Although James Woods would have been a great Dumbledore. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. That would be minus six points. So okay. where, where, where... So what we've landed at is Harry Potter... Is a six from Mike and a seven from Liza, and Ice Storm is a seventeen from Mike and a fifteen from Liza. Well, I mean, according to the Joe Garden Memorial Point System, yeah, Harry Potter. I mean, like, I think that's what we're leaning anyway. Although it does hurt my brain to get rid of one Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, it does. It hurts my brain, but also it's available streaming. Right. And this is the whole point of this. So it's like if there's some sort of need where I need to watch all of them. You're never not going to be able to watch Harry Potter 4. <laughs> it's true. This all right. Is a, this is a truism. All right. Well, Harry. You're, you're. You're not a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> we should have thought about this. Yeah, we should have planned. We there's should have something. thought about a lot of things. There's <laughs> There's something there, but we didn't come up with it. No. Thank you, Harry Potter, for uh, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Fire and Ice, Ice One. Wow. Holy shit. I just thought of that. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love how we, we, like, do, we do one worthwhile thing on the podcast, and it's like, Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. You're a genius. Thank you. I'm say it. Thank you. Uh all right, let's pick this next matchup. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one is one thousand one hundred seventy-eight. One thousand one hundred seventy-eight is Ooh. From nineteen ninety-nine. The talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, snap. Uh, 
Deathmatch favorite. Uh, yeah, uh, a Mike Pulasic favorite, a Liza Poor favorite. An everyone favorite. One of the great films of all time. <laughs> nice. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 394. 394 is from 1980. Fame. I'm gonna live forever. Oh, my God. I've never seen that movie. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Talented Mr. Ripley. And fame. And the talented kids of fame. They're so talented. I love it. Great. Awesome. Hey, guys, keep sending us your rules. If you have more rules. Please, please, please. We love this. Uh, Can't get enough of it. Yeah. Send us the rules. We will. We'll post them. We should post the rule spreadsheet, I feel like. Yeah, we'll post it. We'll post it. Um, and we'll update it. Maybe we'll post it on the website and keep it updated that way. Yeah. who's all, you guys, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. I hope that you get to go on a lovely, gorgeous walk outside. Because it is spring, and it's starting to warm up. The flowers are popping out. The birds are singing. Go soak up some vitamin D. And come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Give me some some Mikey Talkie. Uh, hello. Um, oh, uh, what, what? Brilliant.